luckily, because that gave him a bit of a shock, he let go, pulled away, which gave me enough time to get out of the water and get out of the way. It's always dangerous working around big reptilian predators like these. You can't afford to make too many mistakes, but I got all my digits, all my limbs. I've been very lucky, and that's about the closest shave I've ever had. Oh boy, doesn't that seem how life is sometimes? For a second there, you think you got a good hold of it, and then it just comes and tries to rip your arm right off. Well, hopefully it'll get better than that. But, hi, welcome to a couple of Hoosiers podcast. I'm your host, Ricky Kurtz, and it looks like it's just me. Hopefully it'll be fun, but, you know, we'll do what we do. I'm going to be doing all the producing and stuff like that. You can take a look at that. Um, that's where you can find me, um, R underscore wing Hoosier. You can go and check that out. But, yeah, um, real quick, be sure to uh, hit that like and subscribe button. Do that. It's good. It's good. Just do it. Just do it. Yeah. It's going to be a little messy. I'm uh, doing everything by myself right now, so... I figured, uh, yeah, we'll just try and get through this. I got some uh, things that I want to talk about, and yeah. Um, first off, let me go ahead and throw this ad up. That way you guys know where to find us and uh, all that good stuff. So a couple of Hoosiers podcasts. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, CastBox, YouTube, and Rumble. We currently stream live on YouTube. Um, if you want to get everything all in one place, you can go ahead and head over to coupleofhoosiers.com and check out all of our uh, content. We got it all there. So check it out. And also, me and my wife have a little woodworking business that you can get a hold of us on Facebook at. We are R&M Kurtz Woodworks. So go ahead and go check that out. There's a little quick preview of some of the items that we've done. But yeah. So I'm going to be talking about a few issues that uh, have been going on. Uh, the homeless crisis that's going on, uh, that's been on a rise over in uh, California and kind of spreading all over the place. It seems to be happening everywhere in pretty much all big cities. But um, another thing that I want to talk about is the Democrats turning back on their defund the police slogan. You know, they're coming back on that and they're trying to bring up again how there's more gun violence in red states but we'll get into it and then also uh if you didn't hear last week we almost had a bit of an issue because the union railroad workers were gonna go on strike and it was gonna cause some big problems but first before that had some problems with youtube they uh they had a video that they didn't really like that we did because we were talking about some some no-no topics. Uh, yeah, we were talking about the uh, 2020 election and our episode 16 rhino hunter. So they sent me this little tidbit. Hi, Ricky Kurtz. Our team has reviewed your content, and unfortunately, we think it violates our misinformation policy. We, we removed the following content from YouTube. Rhino hunting. How your content violated the policy. Content that 
advances false claims that widespread fraud, errors, or glitches change the outcome of the U.S. 2020 election. You know what? That was our bad. We shouldn't have done it. Um, I don't know what we were thinking, but we're completely sorry for offending the overlords at YouTube. And you know what? We are we are going to uh, try to reconcile uh, our mistakes, and hopefully this will please them. But Shame. Shame. So Shame. Sorry. Shame. Shame. He won't do it again. Shame. 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 It was horrible. Shame. Just reckless. Shame. How dare we have ideas? <laughs> but anyways. But anyways, now that that's out of the way. Um, yeah, Charlie is actually the one I went back and reviewed the video and he was the one that started it. So, don't think you missed out on it, bud. This is a little preview of uh, what he's going to be dealing with. Just brutal. Don't ever spread misinformation. China knows how to deal with it. <laughs> but all right, now that we're past all that, we're going to go ahead and... Uh, get into a few things um first trying to remember where i got everything oh yeah let's uh take a look at this uh tweet that i found i thought this was a little odd so from the recount locked in a tight race with uh rep val demings senator marco rubio from florida trouts out a transphobic attack on the cdc for using the term pregnant people Pregnant men, I can assure you that's never happened, Rubio said, which is factually inaccurate. I mean, I think I should be careful since YouTube is watching me, but it can't happen. See this? My man can't get pregnant. But, you know, the world's getting a little weird. They're starting to tout all these things that, like, well, let's just take a look at this image. Encourage men to pee sitting down to be more inclusive of trans men. Not every man is able to pee standing up. It is time for men to take a seat on the throne to create a more inclusive environment in the men's room. As I was transitioning, I found it triggering to constantly have to use the stall when going to the bathroom with my cisgender male friends. Jeez, that poor soul. And fight bigotry. 98% of straight men are unwilling to date trans women because of hatred. This has to change. But you know what? The White House has a uh, very good response to this. They're uh, forming a uh, team, a little alliance. Um, let's take a look at it. The Gay Avengers! They are uniting. Yes. All of them work for the White House. They're the brave souls that are going to fight all these transphobic bigotry. Because we just can't have it. We just can't have it. It's, it's, it. it's not right. It's wrong. Don't do it. Don't do it. 
This is bullying. Oh, we're going to have fun. We're going to have fun. But you know what? Let's go ahead and uh, we're going to get into some topics. Let's go ahead and switch over to this uh, first article. Hi. You can see me up here in the corner. How California homelessness became a crisis. This was back uh, last year in June. So, but it's still it's still a pretty big issue. Um, but we're going to talk about it a little bit. For a city as opulent as San Francisco, it's been jarring to see the extreme poverty of those experiencing homelessness on its street. If you walk around downtown tents, makeshift cardboard beds, and human excrement, that's poop, poop, can be seen littering the sidewalks. Impoverished people lie on the ground as a blur of highly paid professionals whiz by. In 2018, a U.N. official visited San Francisco on a world tour examining housing conditions. She was shocked by what she saw. Her official report concluded that the city's treatment of unhoused people constitutes cruel and inhumane treatment and is a violation of multiple human rights, including rights to life, housing, health, water, and sanitation. The number of homeless San Franciscans, San Franciscans? Is that what they call them? Oh, that's weird. But has only grown since then to more than 8,000 people, most of whom sleep on the streets, not in shelters. Human rights, a right to housing and health. You know what? You know what that sounds like. No offense, but it sounds like some fucking commie gobbledygook. Yes, it does. Okay, let's keep on reading. Homelessness wasn't always this bad. In the 1970s, there was an adequate supply of affordable units for every low-income household that needed one. And we really didn't have homelessness, Roman says. By the 1980s, homelessness emerged as a chronic issue. There were many factors, including the federal government deciding to slash the budget for affordable housing. By then, the California state government had significantly cut taxes and gutted social programs, including for state-funded mental institutions, resulting in thousands of people with mental illnesses and other difficulties struggling to make it on their own. A 2016 study by McKinsey Global Institute estimated that California needs 3.5 million new housing units by 2025 to deal with its chronic housing shortage. Yet, new housing construction has only slowed since then, despite uh, government, uh, Governor Gavin Newsom's campaign promise to lead an effort to produce those 3.5 million units. Even before the pandemic wrought havoc on the construction business, California was constructing only about 100,000 new homes per year, way below the minimum 180,000 per year that analysts say the state desperately needs. Do I have any? Yeah, okay. Okay, so um, the result of all this obscenely high rents and property prices combined with stagnant wages for huge swaths of low-income jobs and a lack of political will for spending substantially more on subsidized housing 
It's easy to see why a large population of people has been doubling up, living with their parents, moving to the city's increasingly expensive outskirts, and being pushed out into the streets. Okay, just got a couple more things that I want to say from this article. As of January 2020, 72% of homeless Californians were unsheltered compared to Compare that to New York State, where only 5% are unsheltered. The result is a city where homelessness, while still troubling, is also less in your face. Warmer weather on the West Coast, which may alter thinking about the the cruelty of allowing people to sleep outdoors, could play a role in the difference. But New York has a right to shelter because of a 1979 court decision that interpreted the state's constitution to give New York... New Yorkers this right. And down here, the last little bit from this article. Uh, last year, Californians of all political stripes ranked homelessness as the biggest single issue they wanted to s- they wanted the state to tackle. With a political groundswell, legal interventions, and the Biden administration providing billions of federal dollars for the cause. California politicians are finally trying to do something big to help people who are unhoused and housing insecure. Governor Newsom recently announced a $12 billion plan promising to provide 65,000 people with housing placements, more than 300,000 people with housing stability, and creating 46,000 new housing units. The initiative builds on programs implemented during the pandemic that converted hotels and other buildings into housing for the unhoused. San Francisco Mayor London Breed, following up on a city ballot initiative that authorized taxing big companies and using the funds to help the homeless, wants the city to spend more than a billion dollars on the problem over the next two years. Now we're going to cut over to this article because i got a little video that I want people to watch. Uh, the two minute, 20 second video that changes everything. Okay. So for decades, people have claimed that homelessness is just a housing problem. Sure. Many also have stuff, substance use and mental illness issue. But if we just give homeless people their own studio apartments and decriminalize public camping, drugs, and shoplifting, the problem will go away. Many claimed. That hasn't happened. Instead, the open drug scenes have worsened. National drug overdoses and poisonings increased from 17,000 in 2000 to 108,000 in 2021. That is a huge change. Uh, And California, which pioneered the housing first decriminalization approach, saw its homeless population increase 31% between 2011 and 2020, even as homelessness declined 18% in the rest of the country. I debunked the lies about homelessness in San Francisco, San Francisco, in hundreds of articles and on dozens of TV and podcast appearances. But when it comes to the to educating the public, nothing has been more impactful than a video than the video interviews of homeless people that I've conducted over the past few months, or the last few months with my friend. Leighton Woodhouse, a documentary filmmaker as part of my run to become governor of California. Now Leighton has assembled those interviews into a two-minute, 20-second video we posted on Twitter. It's a must-watch. It's only been online for a few hours, and over 130,000 people have seen it. All right, so we're going to go ahead and take a look at this video. 
broad daylight, I saw someone get raped. I was raped, bullied, picked on, oh. stripped naked, robbed. Somebody gets stabbed. I mean, like someone robbed me with a machete today of all my stuff. Yeah, Hit in the head with crowbars and bats. I saw a dude get shot in the back of the head. Somebody getting shot? Do they live? No. You will end up getting hurt out here. The other homeless people are like your worst enemy. These people do not play out here. Besides, I have weapons. Okay, what kind of weapons? <laughs> Bats, hatchets, nice mace, tasers. And what's your drug of choice, brother? Uh, heroin. Um, crystal bath. Meth and heroin. Crystal meth. Meth? Yeah. I don't know anybody that doesn't smoke. You don't know anybody that doesn't smoke meth? No. We saw a woman who was pregnant just now. Yeah. What is she smoking? Video. Oh my she's gosh. She's smoking fentanyl? Yeah. And she's eight months pregnant? Yeah. So are you seeing more people showing up in psychotic states naked now than say yes. two, three years ago? Yes, I think so. Uh, I don't know what they're putting in this stuff. I don't know if it was aliens. I'm not trying to sound crazy. This stuff no, 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 it's fine. must be um, causing all these like psychological breakdowns. And I think that they had put like a transmitter or something. Because I was able to hear and communicate and it looked like I was talking to myself. My job was to intake homeless individuals on the street. I don't have to be on the street. I choose to be. You just choose to be? A lot of people are out here because they want to be out here. Everyone, I mean everyone's usually has a serious drug problem. They kind of just kind of quit society. This right now is it's literally by choice. Did you get the sense that they cared whether they were on drugs or not? No, def and I'm not trying to be like crazy with it, but definitely not. I mean, if we're gonna be realistic, they pay you to be homeless here. They make it so easy and normalize it. Drug dealers are just being let go over and over and over. It's like the cops are, it's like they're your neighbor, you know? They enable them because they allow the open air drug market. Open street dealing like that? With the cops just across the street, like, watching them? I think they've given up on the people that are out there on the street. I've never seen anything like it. I've been in the game for fucking 30 years, dude never seen anything like it so yeah that's crazy i mean like just seeing the pregnant woman that's out there on the street that's and i mean like i i, I do feel bad for people that are homeless but i mean it also gets to the point like the choices that we make in our lives have consequences and like they were saying like most everybody out there has a hard drug problem and it's like Another thing that you got to think about that is also, like, where are their families at? Like, I can't imagine knowing, like, if, like, one of my brothers was living out on the street. Like, I don't, I don't want people living in my house. But, I mean, there's no way that I'm just going to let my family members live on the street. So, <clears throat> I don't know. It's, 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 it's a crazy situation that we're dealing with right now. And, like, I, I see it around here where I'm at. I, and... And another another uh, thing that saddens me is like I I've seen people like I've seen videos and people have reported on it like people pretend to be homeless just to sit out there and panhandle. Mm-hmm. Yep. A lot of people are out there just because. Yeah. It's sad. It really is sad. But, um, yeah, like, I, like, cause, like, you want to help people, but then other people, like I said, like, they're out there just pretending to be homeless just so they can sit out there and 
uh, beg for money. And that it, it really gets to the point where like I, I like I don't want to contribute to somebody's drug habit. Like if I want to if I want to help somebody like I don't want to see people starving. I, I want to help those people. But like they were saying, like everybody there out there is like hard up on drugs. And I don't know. It's it's crazy. And then when you then when it gets to like the political side, like they're starting to like decriminalize like the hard drugs like i know a lot of states have been like legalizing marijuana and all that stuff and i'm not trying to compare like meth and heroin to marijuana obviously but i mean the the politicians are like taking this like easy path to it but real quick i got another video that i want you guys to watch this was interesting i think it's this one I believe that this video is also in uh, San Francisco. Like this, like I I couldn't imagine like like there's homeless people around where I'm at, but I mean, like this bad, that's just crazy. I couldn't imagine walking down the street or even driving down the street and seeing something like this. It's it's absolutely crazy. Ah, give me a little drink. I'm thirsty. I'm thirsty. But uh, yeah, if you're in here, make sure that you're uh, hitting that like button. If you're not subscribed, hit that subscribe button. Hit that notification bell. That way you can uh, be alerted whenever we do new content and you can see it. Do it. Just do it. But yeah, let's uh, go ahead and check out this next article. So from PBS News Hour, yeah, that's what it said. Oregon, Oregon, first state to decriminalize possession of hard drugs. Now this again was last year, so I mean, they've been taking this like liberal stance on like harder drugs for a while now, but uh. Let's go ahead and read some of this stuff. Police in Oregon can no longer arrest somebody for possession of small amounts of heroin, methamphetamine, LSD, oxycodone, and other hard drugs as a ballot measure that decriminalized them took effect on Monday. Instead, those found in possession would face a $100 fine or a health assessment that could lead to addiction counseling. Backers of the ballot measure decriminalizing hard drugs, which Oregon voters passed by a wide margin in November, hailed it as revolutionary, as a revolutionary move for the United States. Now, I, I, I don't know how I feel about this. I mean, my thing is like the dealers is the one that I want to see going to jail over this. Um, but I don't, I. I'd have to see like some results of like how this is actually ha 
uh, helping these people. Like I, I know I've seen like uh, methadone clinics where like people can actually go in there and they'll give them like drugs to like make sure like they're not like getting any bad drugs. Because I mean, of course, on the street you can get like a lot of like just bad stuff that you don't know what you're like either smoking or shooting up. So I mean, that it it, it just doesn't make sense to me doing that. But I don't know. I don't know. Well. We'll have to see how it goes. Uh, I got another thing down here. Okay, so the ballot measure capped the amount of pot tax revenue that schools, mental health, alcoholism, and drug services, the state police, and cities and counties receive a $45 million annually with the rest going to Drug Treatment and Recovery Service Fund. Okay, so that's... Uh, the fund will awash in money if the sales trend for marijuana continues as expected and the 2020 fiscal year marijuana tax revenues peaked at 133 million dollars a 30 percent increase over the previous year and a 545 percent increase over 2016 when pot tax began being collected from legal registered recreational marijuana enterprises around the state so why Why are they legalizing weed? Mm. Those dollars are going up. Send more money to the government. <sighs> After decriminalizing of hard drugs, about 3,700 fewer Oregonians. That's, that's what they call them. These other places. I mean, like. I don't know. That's weird. Oregonians. It sounds like something out of like Lord of the Rings or something like that. Like, come on. We're Hoosiers. <laughs> okay. But per year will be convicted of a felony or misdemeanor possession of controlled substances. According to estimates by the Oregon Criminal Justice Commission, the measure will also likely lead to significant reductions in racial and ethnic disparities in convictions and arrests. The state commission said yes because it's 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 a racial issue with drugs. <laughs> oh boy. All right, let's move on to the next topic because I'm tired of talking about drugs. Um. So yeah, let's go ahead and uh, we'll get we'll get into uh, this next topic. Uh, this this video came out of Illinois. Uh, they got a new law coming in effect on uh, next year in January that it just blows my mind. It's absolutely crazy. Let's take a look at it. As of January first, twenty twenty three, the following things will go into effect, and people need to be aware of this. It abolishes cash bail for almost every offense. This includes, but isn't limited to, kidnapping, armed robbery, second-degree murder, drug-induced homicide, aggravated DUI, threatening a public official, and aggravated fleeing and eluding. Offenders released on electronic monitoring have to be in violation for 48 hours before law enforcement can act. They could almost drive to Alaska before we can even look for them. 
It denies victims their constitutional rights. And keep this in mind, businesses and homeowners, officers will no longer be able to remove trespassers from your resident, residence or your businesses. Someone could decide to live in your shed, and all we can do is give them a ticket. That's you crazy. You have to decide what level of force is required to remove them and whether or not it's legal. This is a massive threat to the residents of Oil Park, Cook County, and Illinois. Yeah, that's just absolutely crazy. Like, and I really like that they had the purge uh, siren going on in the background because that's literally what it feels like. It feels like they're just, like, legalizing all crime. I mean, are you guys serious, Illinois? And they're saying, like, um, like someone could effectively, like, live in your shed and it's up to you to figure out how to do it and how you're going to deal with it. I mean, if you know anything about Illinois, it's not easy to get a gun over in that state. So, I mean, you got that. I mean, that's – I couldn't believe it when I saw that. Uh, go ahead and uh, write down in the comments what you think about it. But that's – that blew my mind when I saw that. But let's go ahead and we're going to get into, uh, oh, yeah, this this article, this article. It's really fun doing this by myself. I really like it. Okay, Battleground Democrats embrace law enforcement two years after defund the police. Democratic candidates across the country are highlighting ties to law enforcement as they try to make headway on a frequent frequent GOP issue. Okay, so yeah, uh, Val Demings, that tweet earlier uh, um, that we were just talking about, she's running uh, against uh, Mark Rubio, I believe his name is, uh, down in uh, Florida. Um, and it, it, let's just read, let's just read. Okay. Uh, I'm not playing the police. I am the police. I am law, a law enforcement officer. Demings told CBS news before her primary, where she won with over 84% of the vote. The Florida Democrat who is taking on Republican Senator Marco Rubio in the fall served 27 years in the Orlando police department. And I've said before, you know, I, 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 I'm not one of those uh, uh, thin blue line, you know, back the blue entirely. I mean, I, I have my issues with police officers. I don't I, I support them for taking on the job because um, it, it, it it's a hard job. I mean, I, I it's not a job that I would want to do, but um, yeah, it, it's it's just crazy. They they are walking this back. Uh, so, yeah, Democrats have spent an estimated $37.6 million on ads related to crime this year, usually a mainstay topic for Republicans. Democrats still trail Republicans who have spent an estimated $56.1 million on this type of ad spending. According to... Hi. According... Thanks for messing me up. Uh, according to an analysis... Of data from Ad Impact, 
Independent candidates have spent over an estimated $5.1 million bringing the estimated total spend on crime ads to just under $100 million. Crazy. Okay, in 2021, homicides in major American cities rose by 5% compared to 2020 and by 44% compared to 2019, according to the Council on Criminal Justice. Data from the FBI Uniform Crime Reporting Program found that from 2019 to 2020, murders rose everywhere in cities, rural countries, and suburban areas. Um, so, yeah, I, I mean... Like, you just got to think about it, like, how how hell-bent the Democrats were just a couple years ago. Like, defund the police, and it got as far as abolish the police, and now they're like, yay, police. Well, let's go down and uh, read some more. Okay, we support our state police at a higher percentage rate than any other state in the country. Sisolak uh, said, I don't think the vast majority of people are in favor for defunding the police. There are isolated instances that you see nationwide that are unjustified shootings, but that's the exception. That's not the rule. From June 2020 to October 2021, there was a 16% increase in voters who believe there should be more police spending in their areas and a 10% decrease in those that say it should, that it should be decreased according to surveys at Pew Research. Okay, let's go over here. The left wing of her radical party hated police officers, and she was a police officer. That was a negative thing to them. So she decided, I've got to be a former police officer that's attacking police officers, officers, and that's what she did, Rubio said on Tuesday. Now she says she's against defunding the police two years later. They didn't need to say it now. They needed to say it when people were burning the streets and torching police cars, he added. Very true. Very true. Democrats have backpedaled completely, so I think it's a win. Joe Biden, in his State of the Union, came out and said, We can't defund the police. We need more money for the police. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Come on, man. Yeah, come on, man. Uh, they all started parroting what I've been saying for years, Hogan, a potential 2024 Republican presidential candidate, told CBS News. He spoke with CBS News by phone on the way to Iowa for a roundtable with law enforcement earlier. This cycle, Democrats are even going on offense against Republican opponents on crime, which consistently ranks behind economy, inflation, and abortion as the top issues for voters. Do I have anything else that I want? Yep, down here. Okay, in Ohio, Democratic gubernational nominee Nan Whaley was the mayor of Dayton, Ohio, when nine were killed in a shooting in 2019. Whaley said Republican Governor Mike DeWine called her the day after the shooting and said he would do something. After introducing proposals that would institute a Red flag law and background checks. Oh, well, if you guys know me, I don't like red flag laws. That's bleh. And background checks is already a thing. So that's just, that's just dumb. Okay. Whaley said DeWine didn't advance it because he got afraid of extremists in the party. Oh, oh, look at that. I guess I'm, I guess I'm an extremist. Don't ban me, YouTube. But yeah, yeah, that it's 
it, it, it really is crazy to think like like how the Democrats are coming out. Like, cause like a big thing has been uh we've covered it. Uh the FBI raiding uh Trump's Mar-a-Lago house. Uh, a lot of Republicans are coming out now saying, like, defund the FBI and defund the federal government and all that stuff. And, I mean, there's been a lot of people saying that for a long time. But like I've said before, it's probably, like, a new idea um, for a lot of people, like, that have been, like, mainstream Republicans. But I feel like that's the biggest reason why Democrats are coming out and saying like they want to support the police and all that stuff and they're hoping like everybody like forgets all the stuff that they said but um luckily we can record stuff and we can save stuff so let's go ahead and watch this little video of uh what all the Democrats were saying uh about their feelings towards the police have fun as of January 1st, oh, no, not that one. the following things will go into effect. So we've been talking this about one, yeah, there we go. Uh, there's some issues that we ask police to do, like mental health issues or policing in schools and all the rest, that uh, perhaps we can uh, shuffle some of that money around. Suck it up. Defunding the police has to happen. We need to defund the police. Mayor Eric Garcetti saying, take some of the money from policing, about $150 million. I applaud Eric Garcetti for doing what he's done. Not only do we need to disinvest we're in police, but we need to completely dismantle the Minneapolis no, Police fans, Department. Like so, yes, defund your Yes, I support the reallocation of resources uh, from NYPD. We will be moving funding from the NYPD to youth initiatives and social services. They are talking about reducing the allocation of resources to that department, and I think every single city in this country ought to be thinking about the same thing. Just yes, makes I support common the sense. Movement. I'm for responsible reallocation of resources. And defund the police. I think you do all those other things. You don't need ah, Gretchen Whitmer. the police department. So yeah, I mean, the spirit of it, I, I, I do support that. Yeah, and you know, a lot of us were asked if we could imagine a future without police back in 2017 when we were running for office. And I answered yes to that question. We are going to reduce funding in the police department and redirect that money. There's no reason the police budget should just keep growing and growing and growing. They can make sensible cuts to police. We propose to redirect over $7 million from the police bureau. That our city, through our city administrative officer, identified $250 million in cuts. Rashida Tlaib tweeting, no more policing, incarceration, and militarization. It can't be reformed. I don't think that the average person likely reads it. They're saying we want fundamental, basic change. Hey, where's Cuomo? Haven't seen him in a while. Wonder what happened to that guy. We are reallocating funds. The, the police department here in Minneapolis needs to be dismantled, and we need to start anew. In some necessary cases, completely dismantling those police forces. Mr. Police Lito. departments uh, are taking a sizable uh, amount of the budget of a lot of municipalities and, and other entities. Uh, we need to look at those budgets, pull some of the money back, and invest it in other things. We are committed to shifting resources. Our calls to defund the police have been met with resistance. To stop investing so much money in this militarized police force and instead invest in the things that our community really needs. Yes, I support a radical reimagining of community safety and public safety. I do believe that we need to re reallocate resources away. And will this involve cuts? Yes, of course. 
to every department, including the police department. And so when we dismantle it, we get rid of that cancer. Come on, we man. Defund the police, get a life. The world woke up. I, I really love that uh, Black Lives Matters and uh, other protesters have put this front and center. Defund. Defunding police means defunding police. If these reports are accurate, then these proposed cuts to the NYPD budget are a disingenuous illusion. This is not a victory. The freshman Democrat adding the fight to defund policing will continue. We are going to reimagine policing in New York City. I think the idea of having a police-free future is very aspirational. And I am willing to stand with community members who are asking us to think of that as the Okay, okay. I'm I'm done listening to it. That goes on for like another three minutes. It was just an interesting video. But yeah, like <clears throat> just keep that in mind, like if you see like how they're trying to come out now and say, you know, oh yeah, we support our police. No, no, they don't. They they just want the vote. They they'll say anything and everything to get it. And it's just uh, these people, these people. I would like to say, like, they're hypocrites, but, I mean, it, it goes without saying. But let's get into this. Uh, this is kind of throwing me for a loop. <laughs> the red state murder problem. Because, you know, we... I mean, look at this. They got Alaska on here. Like, I, I remember seeing uh, before that they... Uh, they said that Alaska was the most dangerous state in the country for gun violence. There's like a hundred people that live in that whole state. What are you talking about? Oh my gosh. Well, let's take the takeaways from this. The rate of murders in the U.S. has gone up at an alarming rate. But despite a media narrative to the contrary, this is a problem that a Flicks Republican-run cities and states as much and more than Democratic bastions. In 2020, per capita murder rates were 40% higher in states won by Donald Trump than those won by Joe Biden. Eight of the ten states with the highest murder rates in 2020 voted for the Republican presidential nominee in every election this century. <clears throat> now there's a couple things with this uh article that I want to talk on. One the, the the per capita measurement is just ridiculous. I I don't I don't like the per capita. I I think it's a silly it, it's a silly argument when you get into it, but I mean, the main thing that I want to focus is I've done uh videos when I've been doing like gun violence and all that stuff. They always like up here, they say like, uh, where was it? The murders in the U.S. has gone up at an alarming rate. They constantly um, mix between like murder rate and homicide rate, which murder and homicide, they're not an interchangeable. Like a murder can be a homicide, of course, but a homicide isn't always a murder. And just looking here, uh, what I've got here. Okay, so there is a measure of truth to these stories. The U.S. saw an alarming 30% increase in murder in 2020. While 2021 data is not yet complete, murder was on the rise again this past year. Some blue cities like Chicago, Baltimore, and Philadelphia have seen real and persistent increases in homicides. See how they switched to homicides now? 
These cities, along with others like Los Angeles, New York, and Minneapolis, are also places with wall-to-wall media coverage and national media interest. But there's a large piece of the homicide story that is missing and calls into question the the, the veracity of the right-wing obsession over homicides in democratic cities. Murder rates, see, they switch back to that, are far higher in Trump-voting red states than Biden-voting blue states. And sometimes, murder rates are highest in cities with Republican mayors. Now, my problem with this is shootings that are self-defense, those are listed as homicides. So... This is where, like, these studies that they try to bring up, like, get conflated because it's uh, – shooting somebody in self-defense is not the same thing as a murder. Like, it, it's it's just not. That's I, – I can't stand these studies like this. It just – anytime I see it, I got to say something about it because it just – it's absolutely just stupid. It's stupid. Okay, the chart – below shows the top 10 murder rate states in 2020 mississippi had the highest homicide rate at 20.50 murders per 100,000 residents followed by louisiana at 15.79 kentucky at 14.32 alabama at 14.2 and missouri at 14 the national average was 6.5 per 100,000 residents but the top five states had rates more than twice that high. So yeah, they're they're trying to <laughs> It's just silly. I, I People will use these studies and they're like, "Oh, look at that, look at that." Like, but when you really look into it, like I I should have pulled up the study that the somebody was trying to argue with me once before about Alaska being the most dangerous state in the country. It's just it's just dumb. I mean, like, n- you you're you're never gonna convince me that that Alaska is more dangerous than the city the city of Chicago, the city of Los Angeles, the city of San Francisco, you're just New York. It's just dumb. Well, let's look at uh, over here. Okay, so. The Institute of Medicine and the National Research Council released the results of their research through uh, the CDC last month. I don't know when this was. I don't think it was last month because I've known this for a while. But researchers compiled data from previous studies in order to guide future research on gun violence. Noting, Noting that almost all national survey estimates indicate that defensive gun uses by victims are at least as common as offensive uses by criminals, with estimates of annual uses ranging from about 500,000 to more than 3 million per year. 500,000 to 3 million per year. You got to think about that. Because, I mean, a lot of the times, I mean, when you're carrying, if, like, somebody who wants to assault you or somebody who wants to try to hurt you sees that you have a gun, they're not going to do anything. I mean, so that comes into effect. I mean, it's. Go ahead and take a look at that or that. I'll get it eventually right there. Look at that. Follow me on Twitter, all social media. 
r underscore wing hoosier check it out and while you're watching be sure you hit that uh, let me do it like and subscribe button make sure you do it hit that notification bell that way you're notified every single time we go live or we put up new content it's a wonderful thing it's a wonderful thing well let me see what else do i have uh showed the last video i had that oh i got this image nope not that image this image my favorite progressive chank yuger yeager yuger he's with the young turks you know they they're good at what they do i i always need a good laugh but he said back in june 25 2020 I'm done. I'm now supporting defund the police 100%. I already largely agreed with the substance of the argument, and now I'm down for the framing too. There is no reform or transformation that can fix this. We have to start over and completely rebuild policing in this country. But now he's saying, this was just back in uh, September 13th. What was that, six days ago? Yeah. Uh, Well, who... (laughs) Will who came up with the defund the police slogan admit they were wrong? Well, will ya? <laughs> it was wildly counterproductive framing. You don't speak for the left, and neither do people pushing the counterproductive abolish prisons. Polls show that almost no one on the left agrees with you. Very true, very true. The left is, uh, <laughs> when you get into like real leftism, I mean, they're, they're, they're big on their police and they're big on their gula. I mean, uh, prisons. Fun, fun, fun. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, got a couple more topics. Uh, I, I want to talk about this, uh, railroad issue that we had, uh, uh, last week. Let me switch it over to the second screen so you guys can see this. Um, so there was a bit of an issue with the uh, railroad labor unions. They were like this close on going on strike, and that was just going to devastate, devastate this country. Like we're we're already doing bad, but if this would have happened, oh my gosh, that would have hurt. So large railroad labor unions say they will strike if quality of life is not addressed in new contract. Railroad unions representing half of workers say they will strike unless vacation and sick days and attendance policies are addressed in in a new labor contract. Uh, Two of the largest railroad unions in negotiations with railroad carriers have drawn a line in the sand. They are demanding more quality of life provisions be put into the contract, covering attendance policies, vacation, and sick days, or they will strike. Now, Quality of life at work matters. I mean, I I've, I think me and Brad have talked about this before on our uh, opinions of unions. I don't think that they're I, – I, I don't like unions. I think, like, I don't think we need them right now. I think they're – all they are is uh, big old bullies, you know. Um, but, I mean, the whole vacation and sick days, I mean, what they're saying by that, like, I mean, leftist has – leftist – leftist – have been calling for stuff like this for like forever. So this isn't like something new that just came up. I mean, they've, this has been like 
one of the main things that they talk about. Like they want they want their paid vacation days. They want their paid sick days. I I don't know. I I guess I'm just different. I mean, like I I've literally got to be like on my deathbed to like miss work. I mean, I'm I'm I I like making money. It, making money uh, helps me put food on the table and all that stuff. But you know, okay, so. While rails say they have been hiring aggressively amid the supply chain struggles, the U.S. Surface Transportation Board has reported the largest freight railroads in the U.S. have reduced their workforce by 29% in the last six years. Around 40% of the nation's long-distance trade is moved by rail, more than any form of transportation. If the unions strike, more than 7,000 trains would be idled, and the rail industry has estimated it would cost the economy up to $2 billion per day. $2 billion per day. Like, geez. I mean, just think about that. I mean, <sighs> yeah, that had, that had me worrying a, li- a little bit last week. I was like, oh, my gosh. I Like... <laughs> I don't know. I, I I don't know. I know like people say like um they work these uh twelve hour days and all that stuff and they pretty much work like every day of the week and when they're off they're still on call and they they could be called in and they've always got gotta be like within an hour of work. That way they're not late. Uh, I don't know. It's it it's it's a tricky it's a it's a tricky situation. I mean I don't know. I've heard of, I've heard of uh, people that uh, that have worked for the railroad companies and like uh, they were getting paid like two thousand dollars a week. Two thousand dollars a week. I'm gonna be there every single day. <laughs> Count me in. And like, but I, I I can't work for a union because if they decide to go on strike, I'm gonna be like, uh, no. I I I want to get paid. Yeah, they they wouldn't they wouldn't like me in a union. They I, I I'm not a union guy. They they would all hate me because I'm I'm not a striker. I'm not gonna go on strike. I think it's I think it's silly. But the strike was averted for now. Okay, so railroad strike averted after marathon talks reached tentative deal. Okay, so unions and management reached a tentative deal early Thursday averting a freight railroad strike that had threatened to cripple U.S. supply chains and push prices higher for many goods. The deal with unions representing more than 50,000 engineers and conductors was announced just after 5 a.m. Eastern Standard Time in a statement from the White House which called it an important win for our, our economy and the American people. So yeah, last Thursday is when uh, they reached their agreement and they decided, okay, for now we're not gonna we're not gonna we're not gonna strike. But let me see. Uh, yeah. Okay. So what they want from this? Okay. So the deal gives the union members an immediate fourteen percent raise with back pay dating back to twenty twenty and raises totaling. 
24% during the five-year life of the contract. So they get 14% now, and after five years, it'll bump up to 24%. That runs from 2020 through 2024. It also gives them cash bonuses of $1,000 a year. All told, the payback, the back pay and earlier bonuses give will give union members an average of an of an 11,000 payment per person once the deal is ratified. Whoa. Each one of them are getting $11,000. That's... Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll go to work for that, but if they decide to strike, uh, yeah. Yeah, I'm not doing that. <laughs> oh. So a uh, few other details of the deal. Uh, so a few other details of the deal have so far have so far been made public, but the statement from Biden indicated that the major sticking point involving work rules and scheduling issues that had brought the country within a day of its first national rail strike in 30 years had been addressed in the union's favor. Uh, did I have that? Yep, down here. Okay, so the agreement does not mean the threat of the strike has gone away entirely. The deal needs to be ratified by rank and file union members. So the the we're we're not completely out of the wind of this. I mean, you never know. These union guys, they like they like the strike. I know. I was talking with a. With a guy at work, he had a buddy of his that works for a union uh, offering him a job and said that it was like $90 an hour pay. And, like, all he does is uh, operate a crane. And he asked him, like, um, well, what do you do if it's raining? He was like, oh, well, you just pull up in your truck and you just sit there and you get paid. I was like, you get paid to sit in your truck in the rain? <sighs> Some union members appeared to criticize the deal on social media, and the union's leadership conceded that some rank-and-file members may be unsatisfied with the deal. We got a little bit of paid time off, but we'll live to fight another day. You know, that's part of bargaining. Michael Baldwin, president of the Brotherhood of Railroad Signalmen, told CNN, when the members look at what is in the contract, I think they're going to see that the wages and extra day of paid leave is going to be beneficial to them. Sometimes you can't accomplish everything, so you come back next time. Yep. Yep. That's how these unions work. I mean, you can give them a little bit. They want a little bit more. And especially now that they know that like a strike like this would cripple us so hard. I mean... They, like I said, like I think like quality of life at work should be good. Um the whole sick days and stuff like that, I I I like even me as a worker, I mean, I don't agree with it. I mean if you're not there, if you're not being productive, like I get it, things happen with people. I mean, it's unfortunate, but I mean a business if you're not there making money for the business, how can the business give you money? It's 
But that's not the way the leftists think, see it. They they don't care about profits. Profit is a is an icky word to them. I never had anything else that I wanted to know. That's that's pretty much it from this. Um, uh, let me see. Do I have any? Nope, I don't have any other videos or anything that I wanted to play. Um, oh, I got another uh, got another article because uh, I've always got to talk about this in every single episode. And if you're getting tired of hearing it, <laughs> I don't know what to tell you because this just absolutely blows my mind. I. I, I, I don't get it, and I think some of you guys are going to know where I'm getting to, but take a look at this. Oh, let me move. Let me move me out of the way. Let me just... Ooh, I'm moving. Let me just put me over here. So, consumers more likely to prefer insect-based foods if they're expensive. Yes, they want everything given to them. They don't want to earn anything. Completely agree. But, yeah, they want us to eat bugs. And somehow they think that if you make it, like, really expensive, people are going to be like, ooh, I've got to try that. This is a new expensive thing. I've got to go try it. This is this just blew my mind. Like, I mean, it already blows my mind that they think that people are going to want to switch to eating bugs instead of burgers, sausages, ribs bacon but yeah let's uh let's take a look at this insect burger spicy uh made with melworm and verge de farin yeah they put some weird words on there melworm that that's probably the bug that they use oh my gosh this is that's just crazy you get two burgers with it Swiss made. Ooh. Oh my gosh. Replacing some of the animal meat in Western diets with insects could benefit the environment as well as people's health, the study author argues. You can argue it day and night. I'm going to tell you, no, I'm not doing it. Okay, so a study led by researchers at the University of Bern suggests that consumers might be more tempted by insect-based food products products such as mealworm burgers if they associate those products with high quality via a hefty price tag no you won't no stop it woman you're not buying that oh Let's go on. <laughs> In May of 2017, Switzerland got the legal green light to retail insect-based food project products subject to legal and safety regulations, bringing it into line with the European Union. Later that year, Swiss retailer Coop debuted a mealworm-based burger. Gross. Insect balls and burgers go on sale in Switzerland. That's just, ugh. Ugh. That's just so horrible. But, okay, let's see. Down here. Um, 
But according to Swiss and German researchers, many people in Western countries are still bugged. <laughs> They're bugged by the idea of eating insects with attitudes of skepticism or even disgust, preventing them from consuming each product. Wait for it. Wait for it. That's racist! Of course it's racist. Don't you know other other countries eat these bugs? And Yeah, I don't know. It sounded funny when I thought about it. Good for you. Don't do it. Don't eat the bugs. Don't sleep in the pods. Don't get the brain chips. Oh, the research team, led by Sebastian Berger at the University of Bern, conducted two consumer psychology experiments to find out whether the price of insect-based food products like mealworm burgers might affect consumers' preferences for them. They found that insect products were more popular if labeled with luxury prices. The results published in the British Food Journal suggest that the general belief that buyers tend to associate higher quality products with higher prices holds true even for insect-based foods. Oh my gosh. Our research shows that high-priced insect products are not only rated better, but that these evaluations are also applied to other insect products for which no price information is available. Berger said in a... That's funny that his name is Berger and we're talking about insect burgers. It makes me laugh. Said in a press release on Thursday, this subsequent spillover effect also resulted in more positive attitude towards product containing unprocessed insects. Well, at least they're not processed. Oh my gosh. Such as truffles that contain visible pieces of mealworms. This, this, I, I, I'm done. I'm done. I, I don't, I don't want to read no more. Don't eat the bugs. Don't do it. Don't do it. <sighs> Even though they've convinced you to eat McDonald's and all that stuff, don't eat the bugs. It's probably better for you than McDonald's and all that other crap that they've made us believe is good, but don't do it. I will definitely take a a Big Mac, a big old Big Mac over bugs. Butchies. All right. I think that's pretty much all that I got. Uh, like I said, be sure to uh, hit that like and subscribe button right up there. Do it. Hit that notification bell. Oh. <laughs> Hit that notification bell. That way you could be uh, notified every single time we put up new content or we go live. We're going live on YouTube. Uh, I was talking about earlier in the episode how YouTube deleted one of my videos. and But it's still on Rumble, and I got the link in the description if you want to go check it out. It was a pretty good uh, conversation that we were having. Um, but... The YouTube overlords, no, we can't have any of that, so they took it down. But I just want to let everybody know that if for some reason we're not on YouTube, um, we will start streaming over at Rumble. So, like, I, I, YouTube, I don't care. I mean, if you want to take me down, take me down. I got other, I got other options. You're, 
I'm just going to be on here as long as I can doing what I do. But yeah, um, I just want to throw that out there. Um, yeah, go ahead and give it a watch because it was a good it was a good conversation. But uh, let me go ahead and run this ad real quick. A couple of Hoosiers podcasts. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, CastBox, pretty much anywhere that you listen to your podcast, you can find us. We live stream on YouTube, and the videos go up on Rumble, and we put little clips on TikTok. But if you want to get everything all in one spot, go to a couple of Hoosiers. Not a couple of Hoosiers, just coupleofhoosiers.com. And also, me and my wife run a little woodworking business, R&M Kurtz Woodworks. Find us on Facebook. Get a hold of us. There's a few pictures of some of the products that we've done. They look nice, don't they? Don't they? You love them. Get a hold of us, and we can make something for you. But I think that's going to be everything. It wasn't too bad. I hope you guys uh, enjoy it. And, yeah, don't eat the bugs. I'll see you guys later if I can figure out. Bye. Have fun. (laughs) 